0: You doing well? But Ed, can you open us up in the word of prayer? Yes, sir. Amen, amen. Just before we get started, just if you haven't greeted a person that come in, if you don't know them, just go shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, tell them you're happy to see them, glad to be here, all that good stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: you'd be surprised what a hug can do to somebody
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: oh
2: you
0: Good stuff. You have your Bibles uh, or your smartphones or iPads or whatever. We're going to look at Romans, the 12th chapter. And I'm always excited to be in a setting like this where you guys come out and we all together share in the Word. It's not a monarchy where one person just sits and dictate and share with you as we all join in together to gain not only a full understanding of the things of God but to receive more of the life of God because the word of God is spirit and life it's not just a man or a woman dictating to us and reading out of a book to us and just sharing some intellectual knowledge but literally when we come in and we hear God's word, and God's word is shared among us, with us. We are literally receiving more of the life of God, more of the importation and wanting to be more like him. Transformation takes place, and we have to understand that. We can't see this like no other setting, like we're going to school to gain some mental knowledge or some physical uh, knowledge. But this is life. This is our life support system like this is necessary, like the very air we breathe. So we have to take this really kind of serious, you know, in order to get the benefits and to understand what God is doing in our life and what God has done for us. So we just want to do a little recap for a second because I think it's important. I know when I study uh, the Word of God and study the things that God has, you know, given unto us, I am definitely... You know, just blown away, and I'm definitely excited about the things that he's sharing, has shared, the things that um, we're learning and we're gaining. And for the last several weeks, since we've been getting started on the Monday nights, we've been dealing with, you know, a very important aspect of our life and a part of our being And how God has created us. One of the things we realize that we've been created in the image of God. We've been created just like God. And anytime someone do something like them is so, I mean, you know, kind of, you know, copy something or have something copied like them in the same resemblance of them is so that they can do the same thing. And I always tell people the reason why God made us just like him is so we can do what he does on the earth as it is in heaven. But when we look at our life, we have, we fall short of the activities of God, the things that God does and the things that God has done and the things that he commanded us to do. We have great potentials. We have great talent. We have great gifts on the inside of us. And if we be honest with ourselves, we can attest to the fact that we haven't even touched the surface of the power In the life of God that has been transformed and uh, translated or deposited in us by the Holy Spirit and by the work of Jesus Christ. We haven't even touched the surface of the things that God has given us to do for him and for his glory. Or even just victory over our own personal lives. The Bible said greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. I mean there's nothing out here in this world system. That is ever greater or will be greater than the power and the presence of God that lives on the inside of us. So we are without excuses. We really have no major excuses on what we are capable of doing and what we are commanded to do from the power and the glory of God. Because God gave us everything he has. He gave us his name. He gave us his word. He gave us his spirit. Come on somebody. He gave us You know, the kingdom. So we are without any excuse, but there are excuses that we come up with when it comes to obeying the word of God, when it comes to obeying the will of God. Even though we don't have any excuse because God has given us everything, he said, even in the scripture, Paul writes this, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things, all things, not some things or the things that my parents taught me to do or things I learned how to do in school or the things I learned how to do just, you know, growing up, seeing other people doing it. He said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And and with all that knowledge and with all that information, we still are falling short and falling behind in the things that God has commanded us to do and the things that God has commanded us to obtain for his glory. Why is that? Why is that? Now, you know we're in a setting where we could talk back. You know, this is not a one man show, this is not a one woman show. We here to talk, we here to share, we here to get understanding, we're here to gain information, we here to gain knowledge. So sometimes in order for us to know if we're getting something, we have to hear, we have to give feedback. It's not just a dictatorship. I'm not up here to dictate. I'm up here to oppose, you know, ideas, questions, thoughts, you know, jog your spirit you know, to see where we at, where we need to be, how we need to get there, and most of the time we need to ask some questions. You no, know, my wife always asks questions, I always say something, I want somebody other than my wife. We do this at home all day long. So why is it that? We have been given all power. We have been given the greatest authority and the greatest ability. Matter of fact, the Bible even said, That we're even seated in a different position than anybody on the earth. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That means we see what he sees. In order for him to get to the seat he's sitting in, the Bible says that he had to go far beyond principalities and rulers and thrones and dominions. That means that he went above everything that was ruling. Think about it. He's seated in a position above everything that had power. So that means when we sit, we not only sit on his right hand of the father, which is a place of authority, but a place of power and dominion over everything that has power and dominion. Think about that. Wake up with that on your mind. I'm up this morning with all power. Let that jog your mind for a moment. I'm up this morning with all demeanor. I'm up today, walking around today with all authority. Be honest, do we ever think like that? No. Most of us, we wake up intimidated, because we don't know what's going to happen during the course of the day. Because we wait for the day to dictate to us And not waking up saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm ready. Because he already made up this day. But we sit and act like we lost. And we don't know what's going to happen. And we don't even know what we're going to face for the day. When the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to our own understanding, all our ways, acknowledge him. And he's going to direct us. We know who's in charge of the day. We know who's controlling that day. And we happen to be in relationship with him. We happen to be in right standing with him. So everything that's going to happen today is going to work for my good. Come on, we don't have to stay quiet. I mean, I'm doing a lot of work up here talking. Y'all can talk back to me if y'all believe it. That means everything that's going to happen in this day is going to be for my good. Because the Bible says it.
3: The lack of, um, I would say, an answer to your question is lack of knowledge and understanding
0: and mm-hmm. also fear. Okay. Could we agree with that? Yeah. A lack of knowledge, fear. I'm thinking that we're going to disappoint,
4: you know, we're going to be a disappointment mm-hmm. to God. We're not going to, you know, do exactly as He's. Mm-hmm. It is, so that's so what I'm thinking. talking
0: about I like that
4: mm-hmm.
0: thinking we're going to disappoint God
4: thinking it's for
5: somebody else
0: thinking it's for somebody else
5: Don't believe it for somebody else but not for themselves
0: now let's go back to thinking we're going to disappoint God because that's good because we can't disappoint God
2: no
0: why can't we disappoint God no he knows us no surprise to him He knows all things. Good answer, but here's the important one. It's because he sees us through his son. His son has already settled all disappointments. So when he looks at us, he don't look at us as us. He looks at us as his son through the eyes of what Jesus already did for us. And there's no disappointment in his son. That's why Paul picks it up in Galatians and said, I'm crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. But it's no more I that's living. It's Christ that lives in me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So when the Father is looking at you, and this is what you got to understand, he's not looking at old Tory. He don't see Tory no more. He see Jesus. He's not looking at Arthur anymore he see his son. Because if he was to go back and look at us for where we came from, he would say his son didn't do a complete work. Mm-hmm. Or his son didn't do a perfect work. And see, just like Tori was saying, we walk around a lot of times with low self-esteem or insecurity because we walk with this mindset of the past. And the Bible teaches us, and we've been teaching that for the last several weeks, that our old mind was alienated from God. Our old mindset was foolish to God. Our old mindset, the Bible said, hated God. And it was never subject to God's law, so no matter what God said about us, we could mentally perceive it. When we was walking in that old man. We couldn't phantom in our mind that God's loved us, that God, you know, would die for somebody who who was involved in things that we were involved in or doing the things that we were doing, that he would share his love for us when we were in our trespasses and sin, wasn't even thinking about him, wasn't even looking for him, wasn't even considering him, but yet and still, he came and shared his blood and his love and his mercy for us. Because if we look at it in the natural today, we know people that would never vouch for us. Even if it took nothing away from them, they wouldn't even speak up for us. So how can a God send his only begotten son to die for our sins? And not only die for our sins, but to restore us and put us on the same level as his son. That makes no sense to me. That's just like you find a stranger in the street, and they say they're homeless, and you take them in and treat them as if they was your blood relative and you know nothing about them. Think about that for a second. How many of us would do that? Or
4: think of it as you taking a stranger to your house, you know their faults, you know where they're gonna fall, you know they're gonna Jesus
0: accepting Judas and you still accept them. Powerful. Did you hear that? Yeah. Taking a stranger in and you might know their background. You might know their weaknesses and their failures and you still take them in and treat them like family. No way I don't want to say family because some of us don't treat our family right. <laughs> but treat them with the love of God. Can you imagine that? But see, our mind, because of the God of this world, and the spirit that the Bible said that now worketh in in the children of disobedience will never give us or allow us to phantom that. Will never allow us to phantom any good can happen. There's no ulterior motive. Unconditional love. Because we don't know how to operate in that yet unless we have the spirit of God. So let's just keep those thoughts in mind because we talked about the major hindrance to our accepting and I'm not just talking about new believers. I'm talking about people that's been in the things of God, around the things of God for years. We all have the same struggle and that's with that mind. Believing things that God, because God is progressive with his commands and his instructions. So you might be cool with something he said back then and something he's saying to you Based on your convenience But as he start talking As you start you know, increasing your relationship And he start demanding Or commanding for more of you and le- For more of him and less of you That's when the fight really starts mm-hmm. Thank you I, I think something which,
6: Abigail, Abigail, When she said knowledge I see the knowledge in more than one way So the knowledge to obtain On your own And then the knowledge that you've been given so weeks ago you talked about the faculty, our faculties at home, what we've been taught. Mm-hmm. So what you just said about God seeing us just as he sees his son and he doesn't see Latresa. Mm-hmm. That's the first time i ever heard that. Yeah. So the thing about it is, I'm thinking when she says knowledge, Part of the knowledge is what we already have obtained, which Mm -hmm. is given to us, we've raised with, Mm -hmm. but then there's now, we gotta go beyond Mm -hmm. and seek out the rest of it on our own, Mm -hmm. you know, to know it for ourselves, because I've never heard that. So that means, if you think about it, we've been seeing ourselves totally separate and apart from. So that's where the fear and all that stuff has been coming from, because I didn't see myself, until we talked a couple weeks ago about, how did you say? Um, I think you said that God, when Jesus came, God doesn't any longer see our sins. Exactly. Right. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That way. So you still, we still been walking around separate and apart. Speaking for myself, separate and apart, really still living in the past stuff that you've done, trying to be better than the stuff that you've done, knowing, not realizing that you don't even have to worry about that anymore. Right. So, I mean, those are two powerful things. Knowing that he doesn't see those sins, but then also knowing that he doesn't even see the people that the person that those faculty raised you to be, he just sees Jesus, mm-hmm. you as Jesus. Yeah. That's powerful.
0: Because you gotta understand something. He has all power, he created all things, he has all power. He's given all power to his son. You know, his son is giving us the power, you know, and he's not giving us the power. Just for ourselves, he tells us even in Acts, you know, the day of Pentecost, behold, I give you power. You know, he talks about two levels of power. He talks about the authority, you know, that we have and the permission, the exousia and dudemis. Exousia and dudemis. Dudemis is that explosive power that we have. You know, exousia is the authority. So not only do I have the power, which is the might of God, the strength of God, to do what it is that God called me to do. I have permission. See, some people might have strength and ability, but no permission. And that's just as dangerous as you going, you know, and doing things illegally. God has given us permission, along with the strength, to do and accomplish the things that we accomplish. Now here's the great part about it. Not just in our lives, but in the lives of other people. He tells, us, behold, I give you power over all the works of the enemy. Are you kidding me? I got power not over my own psyche and my own mentality, But I got power over all the works of the enemy, meaning that if somebody else is out there struggling, I have the authority and the permission to help deliver them. I mean, we don't think like that. Go ahead, bro. But here's the scary thing about that. Because with power comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. With authority comes responsibility. Exactly. A lot of, lot, of, lot, lot of people don't want that responsibility. It's so much easier to to, to live a worldly life. Because mm-hmm. to walk in this life, it takes discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes a lot of discipline. And if you don't have somebody who's, sometimes if you don't have somebody showing you the way, mm-hmm. setting that example, right. um, it's easy to take that easy road out. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's to easy to decline that, that, that power. You're absolutely right. And that's what the enemy does, you know, as the God of this world. He uses people and individuals. Go ahead.
2: Um
3: a huge part of what I was talking about, lack of knowledge is a lot of it has to do with our identity. Mm-hmm. We are suffering from a severe identity. Mm -hmm. especially just in the body alone Mm -hmm. just to know like part of what, like what you said when God sees us he sees Jesus he doesn't see all the stuff that we do but we're just caught up in the physical and natural world. what we don't understand is that we are spirit beings first Mm -hmm. before you know anything else and so that's who we are Mm -hmm. and so for me is my focus is now uh, this is who I am I am who God says I am I'm not my actions I'm not what I do I am who God says I am but
0: think about that for a moment we, we See, we only recognize salvation and the forgiveness of sin and what Jesus did for us when we come to the knowledge of who Jesus is. But you've got to realize, before we even know we were sinners, God knew us.
2: Amen.
0: Before we was formed in our mother's womb, God knew us. He had already factored in everything about us what we was going to do before we did it when he factored in his son to be the sacrifice for the world. That's why the Bible said Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world because here you are dealing with an eternal God who's i who's omniscient, who knows all things. There's no beginning and no end with him. Who the Bible said who declares the end before the beginning. In other words, he goes to the end of all things and look back at the beginning and say, this is what I'm going to set in motion in case all this takes place. I'm already going to have provision for that. So now we keep looking at ourselves in the present day by day, what we into, what we got into, and as if God don't know it until it happened. And the reason why he sent his son, because he already saw what was going to happen with us. He saw every sin we were going to commit, every situation we were going to get stuck in, every body we were going to get connected with. He saw the end of time. And said, you know what? I got something for all that. So they will never have to wrestle with that again. My son. I send eternity for eternity. A life for a life. Is that making sense? And the reason why we got to get out of this mindset that we've been stuck in by the enemy is because one of the things that the Bible says is that pride comes before fall. And one of the sins that caused Satan to fall from the heavens was pride. Self. 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 And even though we might seem like it's a humbling thing to be like, oh me in some instance, I'm just, you know, you know, we, we have this perverted, I guess, sense of pride when we try to, you know, reflect on ourselves in a, a humble way, but it's still self and False not understanding. Humility. Huh? False humility. Yes, yes. And that understanding is still a, a, a sneaky way by which the enemy keeps causing us to put the attention on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so when we get into those realms, it's hard for us to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because we think that the responsibility, either of walking in, in, in this realm and correcting certain things about us, is left up to us. Because we live in this society where it's always, how to say, what you do. The power in you, or you know, for you, or you know, uh, what is it, not the, uh, I don't want to say accolade, but uh, you get these um, incentives, you know, for what you do, what you accomplish. And you gotta understand that what we into have nothing to do with our accomplishments. What? See, that's what we don't settle with, and it's hard for us to deal with the fact that it ain't based on our righteousness. It ain't based on our accomplishments. The Bible said that all our righteousness still equals up to filthy Mm -hmm. Mm rags. And if most of us study that out in the original context, you know what it really means. Do you know what it really means or do I need to explain? We got you. You got me. We got you. Does somebody else know what it really means? Because we want everybody to walk out here with real knowledge. (laughs) Huh? You, you know what the translation is like, right? If you don't ask your sisters when we leave here, <laughs> and they explain it to you. And so, if you imagine that, no matter what we thought we have done right, because we all grew up in different settings and different backgrounds, and these are the faculties that has entered our mind that has given us, you know, accolades that has given us praise that has given us accommodations and things that we thought we've done on our own, whether it was finished school, whether it was, you know, doing something heroic in the neighborhood, whether it was being the, the, the first in our family to do X, Y, and Z. All that stuff sticks with us and it'll make us seem like, wow. wow. And then when we come in Christ and we realize that none of that means nothing to Christ. That's not why Christ called us. Because we was the best in our family. That's not why God called us because we graduated from an Ivy League college. That's not why God called us because we was physically fit and we knew how to eat the right food. That's not why God called us. And it becomes an ego buster when we really realize that God called us because we was foolish. Wow. Wow. So if somebody called me foolish in the natural, I'm ready to fight. If somebody called me unwise in the natural, I might have problems with it. Especially when I have all these other accolades attached to myself. But the Bible says not many wise men are called. That God calls the foolish things to confound the wise. So the last thing I want to know is that there was something foolish in me. That's why God chose me. There was something foolish about me. That's why God said, come here.
2: There's
0: something wrong with you. Yes, sir? What was you told me before? God used church too. Yeah. But, but, it, but it's hard because it, 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 it takes away the true glory that has to go to God. It takes away the true knowledge that has to go to God. Everything that we have, everything that we're doing, everything that we are, is because of God. So we talked about the mind, and we talked about the mind being a powerful organ that God has given us because it's that reasoning factor. It helps us to come to conclusions. It helps us to make determinations. It helps us to make judgments you know, in situations and circumstances. You know, that we use our mind to conclude things. We use our mind to determine things. We use the reasonings of our mind to come up with ideas and all these other things. But a mind unassisted by God is a dangerous mind to have. Mm -hmm. Without the assistance of the Holy Ghost is very dangerous. Because now we are left with all these teachers. We call them faculties. Because that's a part of it. Things that have been placed in our life or around our life to instruct us. To educate us. And if it comes from the God of this world and not the Holy Spirit, we're in deep trouble. Television. Education. Because the Bible said that the wisdom of this world is foolish to God. See, we've got to believe this stuff. I don't care how smart we think uh instructor is or education or uh, educator is, when it all boils down to God in comparison to the wisdom of God is foolishness. Amen. Because he's only, or she's only trying to ascertain a portion of everything God knows. And if you're not going to the source that created it, and you're going to the back door to try to enter into it. You, you're gonna realize you're entering into some dangerous waters. Somebody have your hand up. Yeah.
6: So I think one of the other things that I'm hearing, it's kinda of like we reversed, how do I say that? We've taken the day-to-day which we, you know, the, the intellect and all the day-to-day stuff Mm-hmm. and we've now made justification for it in the Bible. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. take it and try to find it.
0: things in the scripture right. to match it. And that's why we're going into Romans. You've given a good segue to Romans, the 12th chapter. We have it. Let's go look at it. And that's what we've been doing because the Bible teaches us, Paul even teaches us that so that which was natural was first because we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So our experience was in the natural world first. So now we have to back out of this natural world and into into what our sister said, who we really are, spiritual first. But we've been taught natural things first because we was cut off from the life of God, which is spirit, which is the real us. And so now we got to take time to allow the spirit of God to bring not only things back to our remembrance, but to bring us back to our rightful place. And that's difficult. Yeah. Because we're saturated in this natural world. David said, yeah, David said, in sin did my mom conceive me. I was like just molded and made in sin. Like everything about me is sinful. Everything, every cranny, every cook of me is sinful. Like Brother Ron was saying, it's hard because we don't want the responsibility. To try to fight to get out of this natural into the spiritual where we can hear from God or gain the things from God. Because that's tough. It ain't easy. Paul says, When I wanted to do good, what's always present? That's what this man said. This is the one that's writing these epistles to us. The one is separated from God. So you imagine his struggle. He said, when I wanted to do good, evil is always present. In other words, evil is always making a presentation when I'm trying to do good. Mm-hmm. Evil shows up and says, you know what? How about do it this way? I'm giving you an alternate route. I'm getting ready to go and do something God told, told me to do. Evil jumps up and makes a presentation. I tell you what, you don't have to do it like that all together. Do a part of it, but then do it this way at the end of it. Now you just messed up the whole will of God. But that's what He does. Yeah, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say this too. This too. God, I need you to say that too. He just needs you to say what he said. Mm -hmm. But that's the presentation of evil. Romans, the 12th chapter. And it's so important because we don't have time to go into the book of Romans, but we will in the historical aspect of Romans. But Paul was dealing with a church in Rome that was filled with a lot of worldly mind, uh, mental individuals because he was dealing with the Gentiles, he was dealing with the Jews, where most of the church was consist of Gentiles, and they had their own way of living life. A lot of them didn't understand because even with the Jews that were there, traditional Jews that was a part of the church, were stuck on the law. And it's so, and it's so funny to me when I said a couple of weeks ago, That God is so wise in his dealings and his way of, you know, birthing us in the time frame that we're in. I was looking at something back on television during slavery, and I was saying how some of us would never have survived during slavery. Because no matter what was going down, some of us are built in such a way we wouldn't have taken a master saying certain things to us. I don't care what. You know, we all out of due time. We just. Couldn't just handle it. I mean, I know I couldn't. Let me just talk about me. Y'all can sit here and say y'all comply with everything, y'all go along with everything. Not me. A man would have came to me and said, nigga, do this. We would have been, I've been dead. I've been dead. I probably would have been the first one hung up on the tree. And y'all would have been celebrating my memorial. You remember Al Cohen in 17-something, the first person that when a slave master called him a nigga, he choked him out. You know what I'm saying? Some of the things we can handle. And it's just like back in the day. When Moses, you know, was delivering the people, God established the order of worship where there were animal sacrifices. And in order for us to get our sins removed, we had to offer up certain animal sacrifices and kill a cow. Some of you are squeamish; you can't stand blood. So if you had to go and kill a calf or a, 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 a whatever goat or something like that, you would have just been out because you wouldn't have been able to cut nothing. <laughs> And then some of us wouldn't have been consistent with it because we probably wouldn't even have a goat at home. Anything to offer up sins with. You know, so we need to just thank God that we can just lift up our hands in yes. this day and hour. When we got them, we can lift them up and say, Father, forgive me. And they ain't got to run around saying, yo, you got to go like a father. <laughs> <laughs> you got a pigeon that used for a minute. But we all can get in this. We cut them up for everybody. That's a bloody mess. <laughs> So we just need to thank God that he raised us and allowed us to come this on the earth round in a different day and a different hour where we can just sing praises unto him.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, we got so much to thank him for. Mm-hmm. You know, but we only want to use the carnal things. Oh, if he give me extra money on my job, if he give me an extra contract or whatever. Listen, if I don't have none of that, the fact that it's just simple right now, I can just thank him, just say thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go out to dinner and people are around And they say, you want to say the prayer? I say, yeah, thank you. (laughs) And then I'm up. They're like, you just bless your food? Yeah, because that's all he wants. Thank you. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: That's That's all he wants thank you. (laughs) That's why the earth was judged, because they wouldn't thank him. Mm -hmm. Read Romans, the first chapter. They removed the gratitude for God out of their life and wouldn't say thank you. And he turned them over to a reprobate mind. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I know to say to him is thank you. Mm -hmm. It ain't got to be a whole speech. Or I ain't got to read a whole book and my food get cold and people else are waiting to eat. I just say, thank you. Amen. Thank
2: you, because
0: that means you're responsible for it. Anytime you tell somebody thank you, you telling them you're responsible. Real simple. Real simple. Try it sometime. Just get into something and knowing God is going to do it. Just say thank you. You ain't got to sit there and go deep and like, woo, God, I bless you. Thank you. Thank you. He knows what that means. He was going to say something. No? Okay. Romans, the 12th chapter, the first verse. Read it, honey, for me.
5: And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all, of all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable.
0: Okay. Stop right there. Who got the King James Version? You have it? Read it, sir. I beseech you,
4: therefore, brethren, by the mercies
0: of God. Now stop right there for a moment. Let's look at how severe what Paul was asking the church. Understand Romans is a full display of the work in the sacrificial uh, 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 life of Jesus Christ, dealing with justification dealing with sanctification, dealing with, you know, death, burial, resurrection, dealing with faith, how, why faith is so important, dealing with so many aspects of the work and the, the sacrificial life of Jesus Christ. And so here's a church who's stuck on many different things, whether it's the law, Oh, we have to obey the law we have to look at certain things that we do, we have to hold the Gentiles to a certain custom that we have, you know that most of them got to be circumcised and they got to come into God this way, that way and Paul was saying none of that matters none of that matters it's what Jesus Christ has done and Jesus alone and for that reason I'm begging you the word beseech is the word beg. And you will only beg somebody or plead with somebody if something is that serious or that desperate. And so you won't miss the point of your salvation and you don't miss the reason by which Jesus died for you because it's okay for us to accept the fact that he died for our sins. And just like we just heard, Most of us are here for the first time. He he didn't just die for our sins. He died as us in sin. In other words, he died as an act. He died as a robber. He died as a jail. He died. He took all of our sins, every one of our sins individually. What we were going to do, how we were going to do it, who we were going to do it with that didn't please him. He took all that and died and put it to death. And then when he put that to death, which was our old life, oh my gosh, he gave us power for our new
2: life.
0: That old life don't have to register or that old mindset don't have to register in us no more or take over us no more. Think about that. He gave us the power to overcome that old lifestyle or that old mindset or that old behavior. He just didn't leave us hanging and said, listen, I'm going to die for you once. Now you're on your own. And then the Bible says, that he lives because he's there to make intercession for us. In other words, he's still there praying that we will defeat and we will be strong enough to walk through every test and trial that the enemy is bringing our way. He's praying for us. He never left our side, even though he gave us the power. I'm giving us something to think about. So he's saying, Paul, in this same letter to the Romans, he said, I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you understand all that Jesus has done for you, that you now present your body as a living sacrifice to live for him. Give it to him now. Because you don't need it for yourself no more. He needs it. He needs it. He wants it. He died and delivered you so he can use you. But in order for him to use you, you have to present your body to him. Give him something to work with. Because he wants to do for others what he's done for you. But he wants to do it through you. He's not here. That's why he said when I leave, greater works than these shall you do. Because you're going to have to do what I've done. But I need you to cooperate with me. He said, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice. holy." This is where we have problems when we get to that holy place. Because that word holy has nothing to do with what we wear physically. But it's a decision we have made mentally. Meaning that we're going to separate ourselves from everything we came out of and we was a part of. Holy means separate. That I will not associate myself or I would not connect myself. Like Paul writes, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because it's hard to tell the difference if your power is not manifested as strong as theirs. Because in this world system, we hear things like birds of the feather flock together. So if you're with them, you must be a part of them. And if your power and anointing is not strong, they don't know if now they're a believer or you're the unbeliever. So there has to be a distinction. I use an analogy all the time, you know, we have hampers, I don't know what they call them today, but when we growing up we had hampers where you put your dirty clothes in. And now it's very hard for you to make a distinction if you take a clean shirt and put it in the hamper and somebody just happened to walk by when you go into that hamper and take that clean shirt out. It's hard to tell them that that shirt was clean. And it's clean. Because they saw it come out of a dirty hamper. Mm. Am I right about it? Yes. Am I right about it? Mm. They would automatically assume. You didn't even have to explain that to them. Oh, he's putting on a dirty shirt. They didn't see you two minutes ago put a clean shirt off the hanger in the in hamper, they just know that particular hamper is designed for dirty clothes. And if anything comes out of there that's not going into the wash, it's still dirty. So there has to be a separation. There has to be a distinction. So when somebody walks by, they can say, oh, look the clean shirts. And that's the dirty clothes. Think about it. What are people saying about us? With all good intentions. Because we don't know how to separate ourselves yet. We don't even know how to separate our conversations. But if I'm laughing at what they're laughing at, there's a sure sign I believe what they believe. See, we're not comfortable And like Brother Rob said earlier, the responsibility is so heavy. We don't want that responsibility. We don't want to feel like we the outcast. Mm -hmm. We don't want to feel like we different. We don't want to feel like we distinct. And I like what my brother Frank said in the back. He said, when somebody normally tell me why not to do something, it makes me figure out why to do it. because. We want to be with the masses. We want to be with the majority. We want to be with where everybody is, where the popular people are. The Bible tells us that Jesus who created all things came among his own. You talking about reject and low self-esteem and want to be insecure? Imagine coming among your own. The people you created, the people you made. And when you come up to them, they don't receive you. And you're responsible for their life. That's a blow to the ego. But the reason he didn't trip and take it personal, because he knew he was coming to do the will of his father. And so he instructs every one of us to follow him. Ephesians, the first chapter, even say, imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that if any man is going to come to follow me and be my disciple, the first thing he must do is deny himself. Because this road is going to be rugged. This trip and this journey is going to be a real dangerous rocky road. Because people are going to come in your life on purpose by the enemy to cause you to question who you are in me. Amen. And every one of us is filled with a day of questioning. Is God really on the inside of me? Do I really know God? Am I really living for God? Oh, boy, you haven't had a real walk with God until you get questioned. You question yourself. Am I really saved? Is this thing really working on the inside of do I really have the Holy Spirit? Do I really have the greater one living on the inside of me? Because I don't feel great today. I feel defeated. I, 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 I really think that situation got the best of me. God, where are you? Well, let me just jump the gun for a minute. That's when you know you're in it, because unless you have a moment where you feel like the Father has forsaken you, You will never know you're on the road to deliverance. Because here's the process of Jesus. When Jesus came and he got up on that cross, he hollered out, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me?
1: Because
0: you'll know when you start hitting it, and you getting it right, when you coming up against opposition and situations, and then thinking in your mind that the Lord The Father just disappeared on you. And you ain't got nobody there but you. That's only a thought, but not a reality. Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You might feel like I'm not there, but trust me, I'm still there. Because this is the time where I need you to be crucified, so you can go through your death process. Because you've got to one day take up your own cross and follow me. So the only way you can know that you are on that cross is when you feel like I ain't nowhere around. Because after the cross comes the burial, my God, my God, where there's no more accolades, there's no more attention. There's no more praise. There's no more oh, check them out. There's no more check her out because you're off the scene now. Because you're learning how to be stripped from your own self. It's called humble. Stripped from your own pride. Stripped from your own ambitions. Nobody recognizing you. They don't call me no. They don't say nothing to me no more. Well, welcome to death. <laughs> they act like they don't see me. They act like they don't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the time for celebration. I'm on the road to death.
4: Come on.
0: Because yeah. see, after death, my God. Comes resurrection. Yes, Father. And with resurrection comes all power. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Yes, Lord. And You know what? Once a man has died and was dead, they don't fear nothing no more after they resurrect. Because ain't nothing you can do to me no more because I've already been to the lowest place I could ever be. i already been to the end and now God brought me back to the beginning. Are you kidding me? Ain't nothing you can do to me, devil. So you gotta watch folk that has already been dead and resurrected by the power of God. Sometimes you walk around talking about they so arrogant. No, they resurrected.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They so cocky, no, they resurrected. Because see, you don't know what they've been through. Come on. And you don't know what they know about the power of God. Oh, come on. So they got a whole different mentality and they got a whole different approach yes. to what you're talking about and what you're speaking about. Yes. They have no fear. Yay, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death? No evil. evil. Hallelujah. And understand what David was saying. David was saying, that which I'm looking at is only a shadow. That means that I can only get a shadow when light is there. Mm. Somebody just missed that.
5: Come on
0: now. I can only get a shadow when light is around. So although it looked like it was going to take me out, Jesus is all around me with the light. Come on. And I saw the shadow of it. Wow. But it couldn't take me out. Death couldn't hold it. Where we at? Let's finish reading it. I'm going I'm to tell you, this is good to me. This I'll be acting in the house. I'm sorry. What do he say? Romans, keep reading, sis. That you present your bodies.
4: That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay,
0: stop right there. Paul talks about three parts. You need to write this down. No, keep going, keep going, keep going.
4: And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect
0: will of God. That's it right there. I need you to write that down, three areas that we must go through, three processes. That the will of God is good, right good. God's will is good. God's will must become acceptable. And we must seek God's will to be perfect. Listen to that. We must get to a point that we realize that God's will is good. I don't care what we have on our agenda. I don't care what kind of plans we have. If we didn't acknowledge him in all our ways for him to direct us, we would probably be going in the wrong direction, no matter how good we think it is, if it's not his will. Then we have to get to a point where we understand that God's will is acceptable. How come we can't accept God's will? We need to ask ourselves these questions. Because it's that mindset that we haven't dealt with Because the first part of this uh, uh, chapter, Paul says that we must renew our minds in order to get to this point of understanding how good God's will is, how acceptable God's will is, and how perfect God's will is. And the reason why we fight with these three components is because we never renewed our mind. We have been saved, we have been forgiven of our sins, but we still have the same mindset because we still allow the same faculties and teachers, situations, circumstances, upbringing, voices around our life to keep talking to us. The moment we get in trouble, we get on the phone and we call somebody that don't even think about our God, that don't even know our God, Mm -hmm. that don't even love our God, and ask them for counsel. Mm -hmm. What kind of sense does that make? We get on the phone and call our girlfriend. She ain't say. She don't even know where to find the scripture. She don't even know the difference from the Bible and the novel.
2: <laughs>
0: and we call it asking their opinion. Somebody we just met at the job. Or somebody in our family that we know always fighting with us about our salvation, our Christianity. Here we got the nerve to show them our vulnerability. See, I told you all that church stuff you go into, it don't make no sense. You need to act like you got common sense. That's what I'm trying to get away from, common sense. And I'm trying to get the mind of God. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But every time I keep coming back to you, I hear common stuff. And God is saying, he want me to be holy, which is uncommon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We keep falling in these traps. And so now God is dealing with us and saying, that's good. That's good. And you like, how is that good? Because mm-hmm. I don't see what well, I'm benefiting from. It. Just because we don't benefit from it, we think it ain't no good. Mm-hmm. We can't see the good that's going to happen to somebody else from what God has just told us to do when we're called to serve other people. Mm-hmm. We use as a parameter to judge whether or not something is good, acceptable, perfect is if it's going to benefit us. and the command is lose your life and you'll find it. Die and you'll live. Sow and you will to reap. That don't make sense to me. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted. All that don't make sense to me. But that's what God said. But that's the last thing we want to do. Sacrifice. Not me. I got too much I want to get out of life. And I got sacrifice? Nah. Love your enemies. Not me. I know they don't like me. They better stay 10 feet away from me. But I'm telling you, they come and say something wrong to me, I tear them up. That's how we talk. I mean, that's how I
2: uh,
0: Pray for me, I'm still struggling. I just had a situation the other day. We was coming home the other day, and this woman, I'm gonna tell you her nationality, she keep dogs in her house. And somebody came around to pick up a dog, and our street is real narrow. And the man was blocking us from coming into our driveway which was only two drives down. So I'm sitting there and he looked at us and he kept talking with his car double parked. And I'm sitting to I said he to be kidding me right now. And you know, I'm tripping in the natural. I'm being honest. I'm like, he must think because 'cause we're a certain color that he can just like we ain't nobody. We ain't even there. We miss it. I know I'm black, but I ain't that black that I'm Accent, invisible. you can't see me. I'm invisible, <laughs> and so I'm like, so my wife would driving. I reached over and blew the horn, cause she was just sitting there calm. I was like, you kidding me? And then he like, and then he ended up getting in the car. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, he. I'm like, God, I know you delivered me, and I come from a long way and stuff. But it was like, oh, I was wrestling, and so he went off. And we got in the driveway, and the woman that he was talking to came by of the dog. You know, that thing rose up to me. I turned around. I said, you know what? I said, that was very disrespectful. And my wife was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I said, you know we live right here, and you didn't say nothing to the man. And I said, that's real disrespectful and rude.
1: Right.
0: And she said, well, I apologize. I said, well, I'll forgive you, but it was still disrespectful. Right? And so I was so convicted, because I could have let it go. But you know that flesh, I'm telling you. So I go upstairs I said to my wife, I'm convicted. I said, honey, should I have said something? She said, no, you shouldn't have never said nothing. She should have been left in enough. I could tell what she was gonna say to me anyway, but I was just so convicted, I just had to repent. And I figured repent was asking her. Was I right or wrong? She said, No, you should have never said nothing. You should have just left it alone. And she turned her back and walked on. I said, Father, forgive me. I'm learning. I'm learning. Any questions, any comments? We going ain't finished, but we're going to close right there, pick it up next week. Any questions? You need more stories like that when you got mad? (laughs) No. I'm a work in progress.
1: Trust me when I tell you. So uh, I got a little bit before we close it. Go ahead. Uh, like what you said first um, about the identity and how you don't see the history no more or the past. You see how he called you. That's new. That's new. That was new for me. I think you said, "What did he say?" Um, they do responsibility. responsibility, right? And then who was it back here? I think you were in the purple. You said uh, we almost got the speed, right? Of God, like I just said. I want to know from what we what, what we can do just for all of us. Just just a, a, a one thing for you, I guess. Since God is using us as open vessel. Um, you know, we all have to, he's the only one who's lived in our tomorrow, so he knows exactly what we're going to do, when we did it, when we hit it, who we did it with, how we did it, what we said, when we slipped, so he already saw what you were stripping out earlier. He already <laughs> forgave you. Yeah. So then you came, and then of course, because of all that, you came back and saying, God, he, he was like, you good. So it was counted as righteousness, so you good. Yeah. Now, how can we, knowing we have power, we just heard Romans, we've heard the word, we've heard. All of this today, and how can we walk out of here? Well, what should we mindsetly why? We talked about renewing our minds. Mm-hmm. I think three, three weekends ago, three Sundays ago, when I was talking, I was like, we don't have to do every five minutes, but some of us have to. But I was saying, like, what should we do seriously? Now that we know we heard the word, we know certain things, certain responsibilities. We don't want to always see how we see ourselves. What do you recommend for that disciple? I mean, we're not saying every, every five minutes renew your mind, but as you walk with this thing, as you learn new things, you hear new things. How can we apply this to our everyday so that we don't get these traps by the enemy that he sent? You just said from the end to the beginning. So, therefore, he already was in our tomorrow, knew you was going to snip, knew you was going to act the food knew you was going to sex, knew you was going to lie, knew you was going to lust, knew you was going to look. He already knows this. So, what are you telling me, though? What are you telling us? What are you saying that we should do on an everyday thing just to be kind of close? I ain't saying I'm going to hit it. I, you know, I ain't saying that I'm going to mess up, but I'm saying. What do you recommend to the average disciple to just keep this thing going, God? Keep this thing right. Keep this thing flowing. Like, what do you recommend out of your heart? I mean, I get it. It was good. I don't want to shout. I don't want to be excited. I don't want to just leave here knowing what I heard, knowing I want to know exactly how should I put myself, mindset-wise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a lot. But I'm just saying, like, just in a sum up, what do you think we should all do? I know we should pray. How should we pray? What should we say? I know we're supposed to serve other people. We got ourselves on our mind in this quick, fast, instant iPhone, Apple, every I, iPhone, every I, I, me, me, selfie, me. This is a, it's a us world. Mm-hmm. What can you recommend for us as we leave? That's all I'm saying.
0: Anybody want to chime in before I give the final uh, critique? <laughs> Go ahead, prophet. No, just
5: really quick. You said something that already has to get out of your mind. You said the average disciple. Mm -hmm. We are not the average disciples. We are bold. We are him in the earth realm. And so you already have to elevate yourself that I am not no average disciple. I am he, and greater is he that is in me. And that right there automatically elevates you. We're no greater here, him, I, you, because he's in all of us. Mm -hmm. And you have to allow what's in you to be manifested to that boldness. Good. And as you unveil your struggles and your weaknesses mm-hmm. by coming to him and saying, no, 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 Father, forgive me. You see how easy mm-hmm. that is? Father, forgive me because he knows your heart. Mm-hmm. You'll start to unveil, and he will be stronger in you right, because he's in all of us.
2: Absolutely. And
5: there's just veils that we have to allow to uncover as we come to him boldly as we are renewing our minds. Can you
0: buy us for trying you to renew? I'm trying to make it quick, short,
3: sure, concise. I hope this helps, but here's what a lot of times, what I kind of do is break up who we are. The fact that God is a 3 part being, we are 3 part beings. We are spirit, we have a soul, we, we possess a soul, we live in a body. And so you have to look at it this way. I use this analogy, uh, let's say we have um, you know, McDonald's. McDonald's. Let's say McDonald's versus Chick-fil-A, and we know, the big difference, you know, one
2: it's real nice. Sorry, so let's
3: say, okay, we have a McDonald's um, um, McDonald's franchise or whatever they need a new management and so happens that, you know what, they decided to hire a manager from a Chick-fil-A establishment. We know Chick-fil-A has certain standards, yeah. you know, with customer service and everything so, like yeah. that, so they hired a Chick-fil-A manager, not with with the McDonald's. Let's say this McDonald's was like the worst, you know, worst ever. Um, But, you know, they kept the employees and everything, but they changed management. Now we have this Chick-fil-A manager, your spirit, into this new establishment. This manager now, of course, is gonna change some rules, they're gonna change some things, because now we want to, you know, change the way we're doing things, because we want to have a better representation in the community as as a a company. And so, if you think about it, the McDonald's itself is your body the employees is your soul. So the management has to give instructions yes. to the to the um, employees to do certain things. Of course the employees manage the building which is the body. Yeah, and so if you kinda of look at it that way and it's now for me is like I take my mind as like I I be very cautious with what with my mind. I filter everything through the word of God with whatever information, with whatever word I know right now. And so, as a Spirit, because that's who I am, I'm righteous. That's who God says I am. Everything God says I am, I'm righteous. Everything, basically, just like how he said, um, everything that Jesus did is mine. Yeah. Everything He did, so He's victorious. He already did everything, so I'm victorious. So now I renew my mind. To, you know, renew my mind to my mind. Hey, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Mm-hmm. This is who I am and this is what you're going to do. Because now I'm in new management. This is new management, and this is how we're about to deal with it. That thought, no, 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 mm-hmm. that, that does not yeah, lie with the word of God. So, so we're going to correct that. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps. That wasn't too much. Yeah, that was a Anybody
2: else?
4: Raise yeah. 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 in peace, everybody. My name is
0: Pastor
4: uh, Donna Taylor. I used to go to church with your pastor or your leader, Pastor mm-hmm. um, Alfonso. So I'm from New York. <laughs> all right, so oh, I come man. from New York, International. So, basically, the, the Word of God says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. And to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. God knows everything we're going to do before we do it. We're just showing up in it. So, when you slip, don't wallow in it. Don't lay in it. But immediately. And if if you have a repentant spirit, repentance means to turn away from it, to purpose not to do it again. We get in trouble because we wanna lay in sin, we wanna wallow in sin, we wanna entertain sin, we wanna live in sin and take up residence and build a mansion there. But the Bible says that if you walk with a repentant spirit, I'm gonna fail. I don't have to. And as we mature in God, and we work at our salvation with fear, Fear that I'm gonna get it wrong. Fear that I better get it right. (laughs) Fear. We work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. Repentance. Just repent. When you wake up in the morning, God forgive me for my sins of omission and my sins of commission. When I get it wrong, help me to get it right. God convict my spirit that I'm in tune with you and my mind is resident in you, God, and not resident in self and not resident in flesh not resident and worldly things, but God help me to walk so close to you that I hear your whisper yes. That my heartbeat is in tune with your heartbeat. Come on down. Yes. That's how you live your life on a daily basis. We're, we're, perfection comes once we've transitioned to the other side. There's no man perfect but God. But God. So my job is to be like more like him until yes. the time in which he makes me perfect.
2: Anybody
0: else? Good stuff, good stuff. Anybody else? Well, just to recap and put a top on everything that we've heard, it's very important that we walk out here not with the same mentality that we came in, and not just with intellectual knowledge, that we heard something we might not have never heard, but what we're hearing is life-changing. Spirit and life. The Bible said, Jesus said, My words are spirit and life. As we embrace what we have heard, it increases our life in Him. It causes us to grow up in Him even more and become more mature in Him. And we can't take it for granted. One of the things that we do now, as Sis said, is just pay attention to our surroundings on a daily basis. Who we talk to, who we allow to talk to us, what we listen to. I tell you I haven't looked at Instagram in about a month right now because the more I'm getting in God's Word because I know what's on Instagram and it's more of what's not than what should be and you know I just because I'm part of the entertainment business I'm looking just to see what we what trust me but I can't even tell you the last post of nobody the last info because as you begin to grow in God and the Bible says as you hunger and thirst after righteousness, God has the ability to start filling you. Only thing you have to do is have the hunger. Like she said, we're not perfect. We're striving for perfection. David, again, was a man after God's own heart because David was always honest. That's what God looks for, truth in the end Not perfect. Perfection, truth. You did something, say you did it. And tell him. And ask him to help you. And he'll start checking you as you go on, that the next time you're getting ready to do or want to do it, you'll feel a alarm going off. Where now you see the mature walk with him because he knows you don't want to do it. And it's his obligation to give you the strength and the ability not to do it. It's him willing to do and to work with his good pleasures on the inside of you. So if you sincerely want to be right with him, he's going to make sure you're right with him. That's it. You got to trust him. We got to rest. The Bible said rest in him. We put too much on our own selves when he's the one. Play. Trust him. Trust him. Say, okay, I don't want to do this tomorrow. And watch and see how it happens. So my word to everybody is to trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Look to him. Be open and honest. Even if you can't be with other people, be that with the Lord and watch God start Growing you and maturing you, and you find strength where you thought there was no strength. Is that good? Is yes. 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 that awesome? Yes. Yes. All right, my brother, close us out. Let us bow our heads, Heavenly Father. We give you praise, honor, and glory for this day. Yes. Father God, we thank you for all those that are assembled on today to hear yes, your Lord. word. You. We lift up your name. We give you praise, O Lord. We lift up pray, O Lord, that you continue, O Lord, just to pour into him, O Lord, just to restore him all that he's poured out unto us, O Lord. Father God, I pray, O Lord, that you condition our hearts, O Lord, not merely just to hear, O Lord, but to receive everything that that we've heard on today.
6: Father God, we thank you, O Lord, that we're not going to be the same as we leave out of these doors. We thank you, O Lord,
3: for the ways that you're making, O Lord, for the lives that are changed, O Lord. Father God, we love
1: you for who you are and what you're doing in the Druid. We give your name all praise. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Once again, this don't come in here with a traditional mindset. This is not the one man
2: show.